Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to theamishop.com. That's the A-M-A-I-Shop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Hi, my name is Dr. Chanel Otley Allen, host of Caribbean Bird Stories. This is the first and only podcast that focuses on Caribbean women from all walks of life, narrating their journey of giving birth, navigating self-care postpartum, and parenting across the beautiful islands of the Caribbean and the diaspora. Caribbean Bird Stories has been and continues to provide a space for honest, non-judgmental conversations. Welcome to season three. Welcome to Caribbean Bird Stories. I know I say this every time because all my guests are just so special to me, but this one is for the books, right? When I started the podcast, it was really in the throes of the pandemic. And what I enjoyed about creating it was that I um, was able to stay safe. My guests were able to stay safe at home, but yet still we were able to be connected. Now that the pandemic is waning, you know, fingers crossed, going to be gone soon. I know. I thought to myself, why not end the season with an actual face-to-face interview? And I couldn't think of a better person to have this chat with. So I want you to meet my guest, Mrs. Candice Guppy-Sobian. Some of you may know she's a fellow Trimbagonian, and she is basically the director of Candy Coated Experiences. She has a wealth of experience with travel and party planning. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, maybe not so much party anymore, but um, yeah, so I'm just happy to have her here. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome, Candice. Thank you very much, Chanel. So yeah. We know that your journey to pregnancy wasn't a smooth one, right? right? But what was the most challenging part about it? Because I know you've spoken about your experiences in other interviews. Right. But what was the most challenging thing about the journey to pregnancy? I think the most challenging thing for me would have been the pressure, Mm -hmm. the societal and the the family pressure of um, needing to have a baby right um and almost like making it making it a problem mm-hmm. um that, that i needed to solve right and i think i took that on mm-hmm. and it just it became a problem and eventually i started to let go but i think the hardest thing was that pressure mm-hmm. um i've had to do other things that were much easier i mean i i visited a doctor and the doctor suggested that i um i stop eating meat and dairy um and this is after you know 33 years of of being a meat eater yes i looked at him and i was like what how am i going to just stop eating meat and dairy and he said don't worry over time it will it'll happen but i'm very strong-willed yes so when i got home mm-hmm and that would have probably been one of the hardest things, but it wasn't. Right. The hardest thing was just that pressure of people, that external pressure of people saying, you have to have a baby and something is wrong. Right. And I'm like, yes, there may be things I need to fix um, about my lifestyle health-wise, mm-hmm. um, but it's, no, nothing is wrong. You know, I need to, I need to get, I need to, this is just time and life that I need to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came home and I eventually made a decision that very day mm-hmm. that I would I would eat 
I would eat fish, right. you know, and, and, and I, I continued with that. Oh, so you still only eat fish? No, I started back after. Okay. So I came. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I no dairy. Right, no dairy. Yeah. Well, that's good. But that, the hardest thing was that pressure. Yeah. And how soon after like, getting married did you start feeling that pressure? Or was it from before marriage? Um, see, that's part of the story, too. I feel um, we got married in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So I got pregnant in 2021. Right. I had, I had my first miscarriage in 2019. Right. But I think it was only until my first miscarriage that I think people, I guess, people being family realize, you know, it's time and maybe something is wrong. Right. So I don't think I was feeling any pressure before that. Yeah. We both knew that, of course, we wanted a family and we would, we'd talk about it, but we never really actively said, you know, we need to get on this immediately. Right. Right. We both had active lives right. professionally mm-hmm. so he was he was doing events my husband was doing events and i was doing events and we were just it was really fast paced mm-hmm. so we needed time to slow down and actually you know put this thing as factors in yeah 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 now you have said before that you've you've asked god you know what is your calling yeah and he responded and said to be a mother now, describe for me what that meant, hearing that, because it would have been in the mix of you being very active with all your events and stuff. Yeah. So what did that mean to you to hear that? So two things about becoming a mother um, and my relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. I I remember asking God, what do you want me to do? Because in 2017, I, I had a call in. I first heard God's voice. And he called to me and I had a stiff neck. Right. And I heard him say, what are you doing? Get up. And I got up for the bed, right? Yes. And that was the first time I heard his voice. And at that point, my life made a complete 180. Right. Um, and it's noticeable to me when I looked back. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it. I saw, you know, on social media where I just completely changed. Right. A person can't just completely change. Yeah. Right. That's something of God's will. Mm-hmm. And I remember over time asking God, well, what it is you're calling me to, yeah. you know? And I remember him saying to me, be a mother. Right. And there was that voice that said that. And in addition to that, in 2019, I remember seeing a vision. Mm-hmm. I had these two porches. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, being on the patio and... It, like I closed my eyes and I was and I was singing, and I saw two babies. Oh, right. Well, I saw one baby in a budget, and mm-hmm. then I saw another baby appear after. Right. And I broke down because I like I, it felt extremely. It felt real, right? And that night I conceived. Really. And that's what makes it so surreal for me, right? Like, um which I would have, you know, spoken about in terms of, you know, believing that this, this miscarriage that I had, mm-hmm. it was, it, you know, it wasn't a miscarriage because I felt like this baby had to be, had to be, had to be born because I had seen the vision. Right. But going back to hearing the voice that I had, I'd heard say, be a mother. Mm-hmm. I think at that point hearing it, it felt very small. Right. It felt very secondary to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And... It felt like a very little thing mm-hmm. to do. Like you could dim- dismiss it or the actual... The actual being a mother. mother. It's like, I'm like, what are you calling me to? You're calling me to be a mother, but what else? Yes. Because that's that not can't enough. Be it. Yes. That's what that call felt like. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to, I guess, three years later. Yeah. 
you know, when I held Sarai in my hands and then, you know, two weeks into it, it feels like, you know, <laughs> God just threw me into the deep end. Right. <laughs> and it was a lot more than just be a mother. And it was a lot more than I, I had ever done before. Right. Yes. You know? Now, you had two miscarriages, yeah. right? You know, for people listening and watching, what did you use to cope with getting through the miscarriages? Hmm. I would have to say it was God. Mm -hmm. The first miscarriage, which I thought was a baby coming 100% mm -hmm. um, because I had seen it. Mm -hmm. I remember not even wanting to go to the hospital to to like, to do anything because I said to myself, this baby is coming. God, God had told me and I and I, I remember being in pain and I said, God, you have to tell me what to do. Right. Um, eventually, a peace came over me and he told me to go to the hospital. Okay. Um, and that's when I would have met my now, you know, um, OB. Mm -hmm. And I think he would have given me the peace through it all, right? Mm -hmm. So after that miscarriage, when I eventually went to the doctor who told me I should change my diet, mm -hmm. which I did, and I started doing everything I felt was necessary mm -hmm. to have a healthy pregnancy, except one thing. Oh. Right, but to have to have a follow up with a second miscarriage in twenty twenty one. So when I had that miscarriage, that's what threw me yeah. completely off. The first one, mm -hmm. there was a hole. Right, it was painful to touch, to feel, to look at. Mm -hmm. Mother's Day was hard. Yes, you know, I was happy for people, but there was still a sadness. Yes, I still feel it. Mm -hmm. But the second miscarriage, after I felt like I, I was doing everything, um, I became very, very angry. Mm. So, so angry. Right. I was extremely angry at God. Yes. And I said, how could you do that to me? Mm -hmm. Because I remember after the first miscarriage saying, God, please don't ever do that to me. Again. Right. Because <laughs> it was painful. It was painful. Mm -hmm. I said, how could you do that to me? Again, after I was doing everything. Yeah. And I remember hearing Jesus telling me, Candice, I know it's painful, but every time I would every time I would go into the pain, I'd get very angry at God. Right. So I didn't want to go into the pain because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be angry at him. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I know it's painful, but, but go and I'll go with you. And that's when I started. I had no faith. Like, I just... I didn't want to pray. I was so mad. Right. I said, God, all I could, all I could pray was, God, restore my faith. Because mm -hmm. I, I had nothing. Yeah. Eventually, it came back. Mm -hmm. It came back and I started trusting him. And I said, you know, it had to be. And I started to say, well, if, if it's not for me, take it away. Right. But I think at that point, I started to kind of relax a mm -hmm. little more. Yeah. And that's when I became pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And then even, I mean, I think I go in... Pass your, pass your question. <laughs> That's fine. I think even, you know, into the pregnancy, it was hard mm -hmm. to have hope. Yeah. I always have hope. I, right. I, like, I always have that little inkling of it's, it's going to be, be okay. It's going to be okay, right? Mm -hmm. But I think by that third positive, mm -hmm. my husband was still, he was like, it's, it's going to be hard for me. Like, right. he's like, don't get your hopes up. Right. You know, and he was, he was putting that in, in it. He's like, why are you so excited? I know. You know? Why are you so excited? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I, there's nothing I can really tell him. Mm -hmm. But I think by about the second or third day, mm -hmm. he said that the Holy Spirit told him, 
Yeah, after Avro. Yeah, after Avro. Yeah. Yeah. And he switched. Okay. He switched back. He he we 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 both became on board. Mm-hmm. We were doing what was necessary mm-hmm. in terms of like you know keeping up in terms of the the doctor visits, visits right. and the the supplements mm-hmm. and these kind of things. It was always a fear of losing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if you had to, in one word, describe that pregnancy, what would that word be? It was exciting. Okay. It was challenging. Well, one word. Exciting. <laughs> The first one that came to my hands was hard. Okay, hard. And I made it look easy. Yes. Because it was a joy. Okay. There was a joy that was in me Mm -hmm. that came out, Mm -hmm. but that didn't stop it being hard. Right. You know, so I think I saw a friend say, you know, it's like opposites Mm -hmm. in in motherhood. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a joy, but it's hard. Yes. Yes. You know? Agreed. I remember having really bad morning sickness. Okay. Really, really bad. And Mm -hmm. I think that was what gave me hope. Okay. Because you didn't have experience that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had really bad morning sickness and I remember saying to myself, this had to be a girl giving me all this trouble. Right. <laughs> so sad, so, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> now you are accustomed to doing major events, planning, detail-oriented, you know, you cross all your T's, dot all your I's, yeah. I show you how to boot plan, <laughs> and then tell us about this labor and delivery that did not go according to your plan. Yeah, I think just maybe about 36 or 37 weeks, mm-hmm. my friend told me, she said, Candice, I had a dream. Um, you had it because she had a C-section and uh, another friend, most friends, most of my friends had C-sections and I was, she said, I had a dream that you had a C-section and I was there, we were all there in the hospital and I was like, mm, that's not happening. Right. And she was like, you have to be open to it. Yeah. And I think when she had a dream, I started to kind of say, okay, I really need to be open to whatever it is yeah. happens in, in, in this booth. Right. Right. But I had never worried about the booth. Okay. Because I always felt like that was one thing I couldn't control. Yes. At that point, mm-hmm. I can't control it. Mm-hmm. I could pack everything I want in my bag mm-hmm. and I said, okay, that's what I could control. I could control what's in this hospital bag. Right. And I'm going to say, pack everything that's going to make me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I can't say what is going to happen in that no. that moment. All right. Um, I had no idea how a baby was going to come out of me. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I had none. Like, I was like, how on earth is this child going to come out? Yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I wasn't dilating. Okay. You know, and... I had I'd gone into labor mm-hmm. lunchtime on Saturday. My mm-hmm. water broke. Oh, so your water did break. Yeah, it's bad. It's very calm. Eh? Uh-huh. And like at that point, mm-hmm. I remember going into the hospital because I went to Port of Spain General Hospital, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I was on a ward with mm-hmm. other women. Right. And I remember another woman going into labor, yes. active labor. Yes. Two beds away from me. She was bawling. Oh, gosh. And I was like, eh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, nah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> why, she, why is she? I was like, why is she carrying all like yeah, that? Yeah. It's like I feel like I can handle that man. Mm-hmm. And the nurses are like, okay, why ball like that? You put it, you send the baby into distress. Oh, okay. So by Saturday night, you know, they kept coming to check me. I had no, um, I, I wasn't prepared for all those cervical checks. Right. Yeah, those sweeps. <laughs> those yeah. sweeps. I was not prepared for it. That's what I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> yeah, they could be a little painful. No, but like so many now. Yeah. It's like every hour on the hour, oh, wow. like just, just checking you, checking you. Right, you know? And right, I'm like, right. I think by the fifth or sixth check, I was like, I'm not dilating. <laughs> 
I need to, we need to do a C-section. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is about maybe 4 a.m. About 4 a.m. They came on Sunday morning. They came and they told me, well, this is this is the other option, right? Right. But they don't want to do a C-section. Right. They want to have a vaginal birth. Yeah. So I'm saying, all right, cool. But at 4 a.m., right? Because they, they eventually gave me um, medicine. The to, Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. And so I started to get more contractions. Mm-hmm. So by 4 a.m., still contractions, but it wasn't, I still wasn't dilating. dilating. Mm-hmm. And they came and they told me the other option, which is the C-section, right? Yeah. And I said, okay, I hear you. They say we went through all the, the risks involved. And then I see like the next half an hour pass and they came and they were like, prepare for the C-section. Oh. And I was like, no, wait. Um, <laughs> give, us a, give, us a, give us a chance. <laughs> give me a chance. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, give me a chance. Mm-hmm. Okay, I should take it. At uh-huh. that point. Uh-huh. But I mean, I guess I would not have known no. the pain of childbirth, right? So this is like 4.30, right? Mm-hmm. So by 5 o'clock now, the contractions were hitting hard. Yeah. And they keep coming to check and I'm not dilating. So I'm like, if I've so long has passed and I'm not dilated. Mm-hmm. Hours, right? Yeah. And I probably have about 5 or 6 hours before I really have to, because it's 24 hours. So okay. They would want to... To keep you. To, right? Okay. So... By six o'clock, I'm bawling. Oh, God. Like the woman on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the sleep. I mean, people sleep in. Oh, God. And they're like, why are you bawling? So, mm. yeah, some, some of them, they're seasoned. Yeah. Some of them, they ain't got through it yet. Right. So, you're and frightening them. Yeah. No, and they're like, what happened ever to you? And I'm like, I just bawling. Right. Bawling. And I'm just doing this alone. Eh? I was just going to ask because Jules is not there. No, because cause of COVID, no visitors. Right. Nobody at your side. And I'm just bowling and I remember praying the rosary. Mm-hmm. Um, so between contractions, or during the contraction, I would pray a Hail Mary. Right. And then, you know, maybe a hundred contractions later, <laughs> I could not think. You can't even say the Hail I can't Mary. say it. I can't even breathe. Mm-hmm. They're saying breathe. And I, they say, you know, you're going to have to be be able to breathe properly right. and to get through this. I can't breathe. I can't think. Yeah. And I'm like, get me the C-section now. <laughs> and they're like, let's think about it. Let's think. Let's, let's wait again. And I'm like, why are you waiting? <laughs> I remember saying that. Why are you waiting? I need to get the C-section now. Mm-hmm. I'm not dilating. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And eventually by about 8 o'clock, they decided, okay, we'll do, do the C-section. Okay. Right? But it wasn't, and now at 8 o'clock, to nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eventually, because they were doing another C section at the time. Mm-hmm. So it took me about two hours before they decided. Right. And then around ten, I think ten or seven, she was born. Okay. But that the, that part of it was how? Well, that, how would I, you I enjoyed it? the C section because <laughs> you were probably well drugged up as well. Yeah, I was well drugged up. Yeah. They took me into the the operating room mm-hmm. and they eventually gave me the anesthetic. Right. But that was painful. Because I still experienced in tra- contractions, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they put me down, they covered me up, and the, the anesthesiologist he came by my by my bedside, mm-hmm. and he was like, "How are you going?" And I was like, "Oh, you India from India, <laughs> right?" Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> by then the, the anesthetic hits, right? right? So I'm calm now. Right. I was like, "You from India?" And he's like, "Yeah." We started talking about India because India was one of my first trips that I did, right, for candy coated experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So I love India. Yes. So. We started talking about India. We spoke, spoke about it for 10 minutes, talking about all the different states where he lived and right. what kind of thing. And then I heard, can I see a baby? 
not even aware. No, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they pulled it down and they showed me her. And yeah. she wasn't crying or anything like that. Okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't the magical moment that I had right. envisioned. Or seen on TV. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a baby came out, right? Yes. And then she, they, she was like, remember, I told you, you know, she would be, we have to do things for her to, to wake up because she would have to know how to cry or whatever. Right, right. And then they took her, they took her across the room mm-hmm. and they cleaned her up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I guess then she started to cry. And when she started to cry, then I started to cry. Right. It was, I was real. Like, my baby. Yes. That's my baby. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then they brought her to me and they put a rest on top of me. Mm-hmm. And How did it feel holding her for oh the my first gosh. time? Um, it didn't feel any different than having her inside of me. Okay. Like I felt, but yeah, of course I felt. To, to be able to see her and she, she was like you, you could kiss her I mean I was crying right but again like I still don't feel like it was what you see on TV you yes know? yes I think it really hit after when I saw when they brought her back to me after mm-hmm. the C-section mm-hmm. I just kept staring at her and smiling and I was like oh my god I like, she's just she's just right there you know it was then it just became the most amazing feeling right then being a mother hit yes then yeah you know Wow. Now, I mean, you've gone through so much, right? You've gone through so much getting to pregnant, being pregnant, to then becoming a mother. Talk to me a little bit about the postpartum period. Were there any challenges you didn't foresee? How many weeks postpartum? 41. Oh, no, no right now. Right now, yeah. Um, postpartum. So I think she is... She's uh, 11 weeks. She's 11 weeks now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so you're 11 weeks postpartum. Yeah. During this... 11 week period what were the challenges or challenges you didn't foresee well when i when i was doing lamas right mm-hmm. they have like maybe four sessions right and the last session is postpartum care right and i didn't do it oh oh <laughs> why right? i missed the class because i i um i think it was very late in the pregnancy mm-hmm. and i was like <laughs> oh okay i have the belly band right so okay. i have the um the, 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 tux, the, the tux cream. Yes. So everything I, I can't you see what that was I everything. can't foresee what else would be. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't experience postpartum depression. So oh, okay, all right. So that's it. Like yeah, I didn't see the, the need and the urgency. Right. To have this um, fourth class. Yes. So how was it for me? I think because I have had because I, ha- I had a C section. I didn't prepare for that at all. Right. Because that is major surgery. Major. Right. Right. Yeah. And I had never had major surgery before. Mm-hmm. But I remember com- coming home, taking care of her in the hospital. Those those three days were difficult because mm-hmm. I was alone. Right. Um, and then I came home and I, my mom was here helping me. Right. Through it. Yeah. I have stay at my baby um, syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have now. That's part of postpartum. Yes. <laughs> so... Coming home, just having that surgery, having the surgery, I couldn't sleep in my own bed because the bed was too tall. Oh, too, I didn't prepare at right, all. You couldn't get up. And, I couldn't yeah. get up. So I had to sleep in another room. Mm-hmm. I said, I still wanted to try to breastfeed her mm-hmm. and I couldn't mm-hmm. because, I, of course, um, there was a there was a situation at the hospital where she became dehydrated and mm-hmm. I had they had to give her formula and it became very uncomfortable and awkward for both of us to latch. Right. So it was only two weeks after, mm-hmm. I think when things settled a little bit, mm-hmm. um, that I was able to start back breastfeeding and now she's completely, she's, she's fully breastfed, right? Right. And bottled but, but breast milk, right? Mm-hmm. But I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot in those first two weeks. I remember, I remember saying to myself, 
I'm not capable. I'm not able. Mm-hmm. This is this is not for me. Right. I don't know what I was gonna do at that point. Like I, I think to <laughs> myself, well, back. what I'm gonna go and do? Give up for adoption? Like I, I, what was I going to do at yeah. that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I just kept telling myself, I can't do it. Like I don't know what to do. Or this is this is not for me. Why? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. While I was pregnant, mm-hmm. I remember having really bad anxiety. I couldn't sleep mm-hmm. because in the very early days, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. Because I, I, I guess maybe I knew I was pregnant at that point. Yes. Like having a healthy healthy pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I remember having a dream. And in the dream, I was, I was looking out at the ocean and there was a big waves coming. And it was two of us, me and me. <laughs> and I had a baby. And I was giving the baby to me, right? right? And I was like, no, I can't take the baby. I can't take the baby. Right? Because the waves were coming. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't take the baby. I can't take the baby. And the voice told me, if I'm giving you the baby Candace, it's because I know that you are, I know that you are capable. And from that moment on, from that moment on, I felt capable. So I had to keep reminding myself of that in postpartum. Right. Candice, God called you to this. Yeah. So somewhere you have it within you. Yes. And I did, but it's just that it was so hard. It was hard, yeah. A crying baby, not knowing what the baby is crying for. Mm-hmm. I think that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. And until about week five, I remember it being week five, I remember messaging um, one of my friends because she was telling me something about wake windows. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's, what's this wake window? Yeah. And she was explaining it to me, and I went and Googled it. Mm-hmm. And when I Googled it, I don't stick to the wake windows, right? But right. there was something in the wake, when any read, any writing that I realized. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, babies wake, mm-hmm. eat, sleep. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wake, 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 sleep, eat, 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 eat. You understand? Like, yeah. I didn't know that there was an actual cycle. Right. And that was the key for me. Tell them, when, when she wakes up, she needs to eat. Mm-hmm. More than likely, the next thing she needs to do is sleep. Yes. Right? So, I, I realized there was a pattern. pattern. Yeah. And I think that was, there was that, that one thing that people told me. Yeah. That would have helped. Yeah. I don't know if it is a, a, a two-week-old baby cries regardless. <laughs> but I feel like knowing, because every time, I think I'm, many people face it, eh? Mm-hmm. Every time baby cry, give her a bottle. That's what they say. <laughs> child hungry. Child hungry. Correct. Right? And I'm like, we overfeeding this child. She's <laughs> eating, eating, but it, I didn't realize there was a pattern. Right. Um, and I think that was the key for me. That was the key for you. Yeah, I had a complete breakdown. Right. And that was what gave me the breakthrough. Right. Because I, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, my friends, they were like, trust me, it gets better. It yeah. gets better. And I was like, I can't see how, but no. okay. <laughs> But 11 <laughs> weeks later, you would say it got easier. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. Well, once I found out about that pattern, mm-hmm. and I, I was able to understand her. Huh? Right. And now I know what she cries for. I know when she's hungry. Yeah. You know? You're just getting to know each other. Yeah. Now, okay. So if you had to think about something that you would tell your younger self, given this experience, given everything you've been through, what's one thing you would go back and tell your younger self? I mean, it could be with respect to reproduction or just in general about how you handle stress or challenges yeah. in your life. Can you think of anything that you would say? Well, what what is coming to mind for me now is after realizing that I was capable mm-hmm. now, I look back at myself and I know that that's who I was all along. Mm-hmm. I am nurturing, I'm caring, 
I'm loving. Mm -hmm. So I am, I have been a mother all along. Mm -hmm. You understand? As women, girls, I think we are born with that, with mm -hmm. those personality traits because we are born to be mothers. Mm -hmm. Because if we have children or not. Yes. So for example, when I, when I take a group to travel, I'm, I'm caring for that group. Yes. Right? So regardless of if I decided that I didn't want to have children, I'm still, that is a form of mothering. Yes. That's a form of nurturing. Mm -hmm. So I think I would, I would just reassure myself that who I am mm -hmm. is where, where I'm going. Right. Yeah. Okay. And to our listeners, you know, I kind of like to leave, uh, get one take home point. You know, what would you want your list, our listeners to take home from this? Oh, wow. That's from a, your experience. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's a, that's a big one there. I, I know. What do I want them to take home? In like one sentence. I would say hope. Um, forward. <laughs> because I, I would, I would assume these people looking at this are people who want to, to, to mother um, yes. their ch ch children, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say to have hope. My story is one of hope. It mm -hmm. gives me hope. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe that God uses it as well mm -hmm. to give other women hope, to never worry, mm -hmm. to trust him mm -hmm. with their hopes and desires. I remember, I know like I have friends who, who, who are hoping, right, to have children and to be a mother one day. And even them, they say to me, maybe it's not for me because right. I remember saying that to myself. I say, God, take away this desire from me if it is not for me. Yeah. And I remember crying one day and Jesus telling me, Candice, the same thing you want, I want. Mm -hmm. Oh. And I was like, all right. All right. But in his timing. All right. Right. And so now I tell my friends, they say they want, and they, you know, if it's not for them. And I said, do you want it? Mm -hmm. Is it in your heart? Is it, is, it, is, is it on your heart? And they would say yes. And I say, God wants it for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I tried to get this bag to you before oh oh. um, Sarai's booth, but she had other plans. <laughs> yeah. So it's the first offering from the Amai booth collection. Oh. And it's a hospital bag. It transforms into a diaper bag, a wow. weekend bag, any kind of bag that you would need as a mother. Right. So I want to give this gift to you. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you very much. Yes. For, you know, doing this interview with me, agreeing. Thank Level you very much. Part and baby on set everything <laughs> but you were just so good just to have us and accommodate oh, us no, I, i'm honored to be able to you know to speak and to share and to have you I mean, everything is a blessing you know yes. to be able to share so thank you thank oh. you as well for coming yes yes and <laughs> so we will meet again soon yeah, hopefully i might take one of your family travel of trips. course of course of course yeah so stay tuned yes because um i guess what, what we didn't discuss was that i'm taking off i would say maternity right. leave mm -hmm. um although my what like the, my social media manager she told me what well, maternity leave is three months and i'm like mm. no can't you to approve my yes year. one year <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to taking her on mm -hmm. travels you Good. know yeah so Good. Family well, travel is coming soon. Beautiful. So we'll put more in the show notes for you. So watch out. And thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you like the video, you can press the like button, subscribe, and listen on the podcast. Okay. So Caribbean Booth Stories in Trinidad signing out. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. 
head over to theamishop.com. That's theamishop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd be grateful if you could leave a review about what you're loving on this podcast and be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes.